What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to Cocoa Butter Hills, the podcast. This is a safe space, a creative space, and a space where we heal our scars with intentional conversation. I'm your host, Kamaria, and let's go ahead and get into the conversation. What's up, family? Welcome back. I am so excited for this episode, mainly because it's something that I'm living out right now. And it's just a good thing, okay? It's a good thing. It's something that you should be in, hopefully, or have experienced. But right now, I am in my me season, okay? My me season. And I'm going to be honest with you because it took for me to be honest with myself for me to truly get to this point, okay? I had to grieve the old me, meaning my old life, before walking into my new that consist of my me season. So before we move forward, I just want to tell you that I love it here. Like I love being about me, me growing in God, me doing the things of God, not having to worry about anybody else, but me and God. I love it here. Like I literally do. And I just pray that everybody allows themselves this season to be all about them and God. Because it really makes a difference. Really quick, I want to give you the definition of grief. Because I know when we think of grief, we think about maybe grieving a loved one that has passed. Or, you know, just feeling sad over a certain situation. But we can grieve over all types of things. Relationships, um, people that have passed, our old past. It's, you can grieve about a lot of stuff. But the definition of grief means to cause great distress to feel deep sorrow, to feel trouble or annoyance, and to cause to suffer. So that is the definition of grief, to grieve. I know I told you I had to grieve my old self. I grieved the old me. And so that's what the definition means. So really quick, I kind of want to use a Bible story to talk about this. I want to talk about Esther in the book of Esther, okay? So One of the first things my mentor told me was to read the book of Esther. And I read it. And after I read it, she asked, okay, what did you get out of it? And I told her that I saw that Esther was very obedient. Mordecai gave her orders and she obeyed them. And she was like, oh, okay, go back and read it again. So I read it again. And the second time I came back and I told her, you know, what I got from it, I said, not only was she obedient, she moved with strategy, you know, she put the fast in, in place. She heard what Mordecai said. She came up with a plan. She she had strategy with the way that she handled things. And then my mentor says, read it again. So I went ahead and I read it again. But at this point, I'm like, I'm starting to memorize this story. Like I know what's going on in it. There's no, they're not talking about God in this story. So what else could you possibly want me to grasp from the book of Esther? And so when I went back and talked to her, she didn't ask me what I got from it. At this time, she was ready to explain. And so what she told me was the book of Esther, um, she had to be pruned, okay? She had to be pruned. She had to be groomed before she became queen. And so she told me to focus on the process of Esther, the process of who she was, like how how did it come about? And so what I did was I went back and I read it, you know, I, I read it. I'm like, okay, let me go ahead and look into her journey. Let me look at it start to finish. And I picked up on some things and 
It's so crazy because up until like just recently, I went back and I read Esther again and I got a, I got the full revelation of what I really believe my mentor was trying to, you know, get me to see before, but I needed to go through my own process in order to realize it. And I just needed to grow a little bit more in Christ. But here's the revelation. The first thing that stood out to me is the fact that like I said, God is not talked about in the book of Esther. Like some people call it a, um, what do they call it? A secular book of the Bible. Some people call it a secular book of the Bible because there's no speak of Jesus. There's no speak of God in the way that the king handles himself, the way that his wife handles herself. You could tell like, you know, the presence of God was not really dwelling there. So the first thing that really stuck out to me and still stands out to me is the fact that there's no mention of God in the book of Esther, but you can clearly see that God's presence was there with Esther because she had favor on her life, even when all odds were against her at birth, right? And so um, you can tell that. And I, I know now that this book is not about Esther becoming queen. It's not about that. It's about Esther becoming a deliverer for her people. Okay. And the thing is, she was a deliverer when her parents died. She was a deliverer when she had to be raised by her cousin. She was a deliverer when she was going through the purification process. She was a deliverer when she was presented to the king. She was a deliverer when the king's assistants favored her. She was a deliverer when she brought the fate of her people to the king. Can you imagine how Esther felt when she is staying inside of the king's palace and there was an order sent out to kill her people? To kill them all. There was an order sent out to kill them. But she's on the inside and they know her people know her. They know where she came from. They know they knew that she was a Jew, but the king didn't know that she was a Jew. The people in the palace didn't know. They didn't know her true identity. They didn't know she hadn't revealed it to them. So can you imagine how she felt thinking about her old life and her past life and the fact that if these people actually do die and they go through this, how they going to look at her? Just think about what she was thinking. But even at that moment, she was a deliverer. So at that point, she had to reveal her identity, but she was able to because she was able to realize I was created for such a time as this. I'm a deliverer. I can go to the king and I can tell him what I want to happen on behalf of my people and he will make it happen. Okay. And so the book of Esther is not about her becoming a queen. It was about her becoming a deliverer. She was a deliverer throughout her whole journey. That's what she was. And so the process of her being prepared, the process of her being pruned, the process of her having to be raised by her cousin and not her mother or her father, that was a part of her journey as a deliverer. Okay. It was a part of her journey as a deliverer. Her very name means star, okay? Esther means star. It was a part of who she is already. I hope my whole point here and the whole reason why I'm even sharing it is to show you and tell you that we are processed before actually becoming. It's a journey, but along the way, you are already a deliverer. You are already the deliverer for your family. You're already the first millionaire in your family. You're already the chain breaker. You're already the person that's breaking the curses off of your family. You're already a daughter of God. You're already a son of God, but you have to go through the process 
to become. So let's talk about it. Like what, what does my me season look like? What, what does it look like for me? It looks like me walking away from the old me because I've made the decision to become the me that God has called me to be. I made the decision to become who God has called me to be. I'm like, I'm going to walk that walk because I want to be able to talk the talk, okay? I want to be who God says that I am. So where did I start? I started by removing relationships that serve God no purpose. If it don't serve God, I shouldn't be doing it, right? So I stopped being in relationships, friendships, atmosphere that serve God no purpose because that means it's not purpose for me. If it serves no God, no purpose is, is no purpose in me doing it. There's no purpose in it for me. And so to me, it made no sense to be with a man that won't let the mind in him be like Christ Jesus, because what? He's supposed to love me as Christ loves the church. So if his mind can't even be like Christ Jesus, though. Can't be around you. Can't be with you. I can't be around you all the time if all you want to do is drink and smoke because that's how I used to cope. And quite frankly, I understand that the devil knows who God called me to be. I may have not known it the whole time, but the devil knew the whole time. Okay. He knew who God called me to be. And the thing is, he can't destroy and change what God said about me, but he can distract me and detour me if I allow him to. So no, in this season, I won't be around people that I don't need to be. I won't be going back to things that used to help heal me. I won't because I know that I got to be sober. I got to be vigilant because the devil is waiting. He's waiting to pounce on me. Okay. He's waiting. He's waiting to make me backtrack and go back to the things that I used to be. He's waiting. So no, I can't do it. I got to become. So instead of waking up every day, you know, just being like, what am I going to do? I wish I was doing this. I wish I was doing that. I should be here. I should be there. No, I'm waking up every day with intentionality. I'm thinking about what am I putting in my body today? How am I moving my body today? What Bible scripture am I going to allow to minister to my spirit today? What am I doing today? What am I putting in my spirit? Y'all, I'm on a fitness journey right now and God wants me to, and I believe he wants this for you too. I honestly do. I believe that he wants us to be fit and that's mentally, that's spiritually, and that's emotionally. So that means he wants you to be fit in your soul, in your spirit, and in your body. He wants that for us. So when you hear me talking about me season, me season, I'm in my me season. That's what my me season is. It's me being fit in my body, my soul, and my spirit. Okay. So let's talk about three things you should do. This is these three things you should be doing if you know God wants you to change and you want to change. So let's talk about it. I'm going to give you three of them and they're going to be really good. Okay, so, you know, you might as well get a pencil and a paper, a pen and a paper if you don't have it already, because we're getting ready. We're getting ready to talk about this. So three things you need to do if you know that God is calling you to change your life. Okay, let's let's go. So number one, you want to figure out why do you need to change? Okay. So maybe you find that your life seems like it's going in cycles. You're experiencing the same thing over and over again. Maybe you struggle with being consistent. You start something, you stop it. You start something, you stop it. Or you, you do it for a while. And then I don't know where you just like, I'm done with it. Maybe you struggle with lustful thoughts. Maybe you don't know how to save your money. You always outside, you 
want to have your hair done, you want to have your nails done, you don't know how to save and you still got your bills to pay, maybe that's you. Or maybe you're a mother and you desire to be a mom that is a great mom and you know that your lifestyle is not a fit, a fit for a great mom right now. Maybe you know that. So maybe that's why you need to change. So whatever your why is, I need you to write that down for me, okay? Because the next thing you're going to do is you're going to partner with God for a plan. Mm-hmm. You're going to partner with God for a plan. I know you may say, Kamaria, how am I going to get a plan? Tell me how to plan. Okay. So the first thing you're going to do is consecrate. What does consecrate mean? That means to um, basically remove all pleasure for pleasureful things. Okay. You remove all things that give you pleasure and take you out of the presence of God. So an example would be you're not going to drink any more alcohol or you're not going to eat sugar. You're not, you're going to make sure you're limiting your intake on Instagram or TikTok. You're going to make sure you, you know, limit the amount of sweets that you buy in your house. You're going to make sure you're, you know, not focusing more on your appearance, but more so on what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. That's consecrating. That is removing pleasurable things out of your life so that you can focus on the things that you actually need to focus on. Um, Some people think consecration and fasting is the same thing, but it's not. And that leads me to the next thing that's in the plan. That is too fast. So what is fasting? Fasting is to deny yourself food. Okay. People think that you can fast from sweets. Like I just said, it's not it. That's consecrating. People think that you can fast from just sweets. You can fast from watching TV, fast from social media, fast from having sex. No fasting biblically means to abstain from food. Okay. To not have any food. So fasting will help you. Okay. Why? Because this allows you to be disciplined and while you're getting disciplined, you are growing in intimacy with God. Because when you fast, instead of eating food, you eat the word of God. You eat the word of God instead of eating food. Every time you hungry, you open up the Bible and say, Ooh, let me read this. Let me get my food. Okay. It's the bread of life. It's food for your spirit. Okay. It feeds the inner man. When you fast, you are making your flesh die, okay? So instead of feeding your flesh, you are feeding your spirit when you fast, okay? So a biblical fast means abstaining from food. This will help you get more discipline and this will help you grow in intimacy with God, okay? While you're fasting, you're making sure you are also consecrating, you know, not allowing yourself sweets or whatever, but you're abstaining from that food. And every time you get hungry, you are praying. Every time you get hungry, you're reading the word of God. Okay. So that is what fasting is. We fast to help God give us a plan because we in a intimate place with him. We're disciplined. We're focused in on him. He honors our fasting because he knows it is to get closer to him. Fasting is not always to get answers. It shouldn't be, but it's to get closer to him. And you getting closer to him will help you be able to hear him clearly. God can be giving you a plan already. He probably already gave you a plan, but you ain't know it was God because you don't spend time seeking his face and spending time in his presence. So you don't even know he's talking to you. Okay. So fasting helps you grow in intimacy with God if you do it the right way. So that was number two. Number three, the word of God. Majority of what to do, honestly, is in the word of God. 
It's in the word of God. Majority of the steps, the things that we need to do, it's already in the word of God. It's there. It's all there. And in order to know what's there, you have to get in the word of God. Okay. You have to, you got to get in the word of God. And then, um, the next thing, I guess this, we're going to say that the word of God counts with fasting. Okay. We're going to leave that in there. And then the next thing would be to just, you got to do it. Okay. After God gives you the plan, you got to be able to do it and stick to it. And I think I talked about this in another episode, episode, but it takes you deciding to do it for it to actually happen. Like that decision is what makes the exchange of the change. Okay. God can tell you what to do, but it's not until you decide to do it where you will see the change. So you got to get up and do it. Like you just, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to get off the social media. You got to get off Instagram. You got to stop scrolling on TikTok. You got to stop spending up all your money buying stuff on Amazon. You got to do the stuff like how you do your job. You got to show up for yourself and God like how you show up for your job. They give you a check. So you be there, right? But the thing is, God releases promises. (laughs) He releases promises. That's better than any check. I can promise you that it is. So the very last thing I want you to do is ask yourself, what does life look like for me right now? Like, think about it. Like, what does your life look like? Are you where you want to be? Do you like it? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Are you enjoying it? Do you not like it? Are you stressed? Are you depressed? Do you have anxiety? What's going on? Are you lacking somewhere? What does your life look like right now? Be real with yourself. That way you can be real with God. And once you figure that out, once you write that down, I want you to figure out what do you want it to look like? And I don't mean just, I want to be rich and I want to have money and be able to take care of my family. No. What do you want your life to look like? How do you want to feel? Do you want to wake up every morning and feel the peace of God in your home? Do you want to go outside and be able to go to any store and feel like you're protected? Nothing's going to happen to you. Do you want to be able to go and buy something and you don't have to look at the price tag because you know for sure that God has supplied for you in abundance? Do you want to be able to bless others? What do you want your life to look like? Write that down. I'm going to need you to write that down, okay? And once you start visualizing it and you got it on paper, I want you to bring that desire to God. Say, you know, God, if this is how I'm supposed to live, show me how to become it. If this is what I'm supposed to do, if this is what I'm supposed to have, show me how to get it. How do I become her? How do I become what I'm what I just wrote on this paper? Okay, how do I become it? What does my me season look like, God? What do you want me to do? What does my me season look like? How do I say goodbye to my old life? That's what you ask God. So that pretty much sums up. (laughs) That pretty much sums up what I wanted to talk about regarding me season and how you can take steps to make sure you're walking in your me season effectively so that you get what you need to get out of it. Okay. 
You can't be walking around purposeless without no goals and not knowing what to do, where to go, no relationship with God, not knowing if you hear him or not. We're not doing that. We're not doing that in this season. The me season, it should be structured. God being the structure, him being the person that's telling you what to do. Okay. And so that is pretty much it for this episode, y'all. I really, really, really hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't write this stuff down, look, me, I, I tell y'all this all the time, writing things down really helped me. So if you didn't write it down, go ahead and write it down. Um, I'm getting ready to go ahead and pray. You know, I, I always tell y'all I bless the mic before I get on here, but I always have to bless it after. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are a great God. I thank you that you are a great father. I thank you that you are mighty. I thank you that you are a man of war. You act on my behalf. You war on my behalf each and every day. Father God, I thank you that when you created each and every person that's listening, you created them with the plan in mind. You have things written for them already concerning their lives. You knew exactly who they were when they were in their mother's womb. You knew exactly what you called them to do. So I thank you, Father God, that you have plans and you have purpose for each and every last one of us. Father God, I pray that you will begin to show us what it is that we need to do to become the men that you called us to be to become the women that you have called us to be to be able to become a son of God to be able to come a, become a daughter of God show us what we need to do to become father God and I pray God that the people will take the the small things that I've given them and use it and implement it, Father God. And I pray, God, that we will see the fruit of it. I pray, God, that they will be intentional about where they're going. I pray that they'll be able to know the time in the season. I pray that they'll be able to know that I need change. I need to change myself. I pray that they'll be able to acknowledge it, Father. And I pray that as they acknowledge it in exchange, you will tell them what to do, how to do it, when to do it, who to remove, who is needed and who got to go. I thank you, God. I give you glory for that. I give you honor for it. I give you praise. And I just pray right now that you will bless the mental health, the mind, the body, the spirit and the soul of the deliverers. Father God, bless the mind, the body, the soul of the, the people that's going to be the first millionaire in their family. Bless their soul, the people that are the chain breakers and the bloodline curse breakers bless their spirit father god strengthen them give them might strength father god to press through in the mighty name of jesus christ i thank you lord in jesus name amen all right y'all so that's the end of the episode i want to let you know before we go that i have a book it's called 21 days of healing and actually it walks you through some of the steps that we discussed here today so I'm going to add the link to purchase it below in the notes. I'm also going to add a link for you to access my self-love prayer, which is from the book. And I'm giving it to you for absolutely uh, free. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it to you for free. And if you have not already, be sure to purchase your Cocoa Butter Heels, but not like the Lord merchandise. Because guess what? It's absolutely true. Cocoa Butter Heels, but not like the Lord. Okay. One day, Cocoa Butter Heels will be able to pour into small businesses, freelancers, and creatives. And the more you support, the closer I'm going to get to be able to do that, okay? So go ahead and support y'all. Look at what I have on the site. Get you one. And once you get you one and you receive it, take a picture in it and send me 
at at me at me at Kamaria Lewis at me at Cocoa Butter Hills. Okay, so that's it, y'all. Next week I have a good topic that we're gonna talk about. It's about something that I talked about that actually kind of went viral. <laughs> but yeah, meet me back here for the next episode. I love y'all. Love y'all. Love y'all. Peace. Oh, oh.